Welcome to Paranormal, the New Normal. And tonight, I finally have a Bigfoot lover on my show. So I am extremely excited because I've been waiting for an episode like this for a while. So my guest tonight is Mike Famelant, and he is the producer and lead investigator of In the Shadow of the Big Red Eye, which I love that name. That name is so unique. Like, I... When I saw that, I was like, oh, that's an interesting one. <laughs> nice, Jeff. How are you doing tonight, Mike? Good. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I super appreciate uh, being on here. Oh, it's my it's my pleasure, 100%. I mean, I was very happy to find you and to be able to bring you on the show because, honestly, it's kind of hard to find people who can talk about Bigfoot. It really is, like, and actually have some experience with it. But So I was happy to have you on. And yeah, as, no, always, cool. as always, as so, always, I always let my go ahead. Yeah, so in the shadow of Big Red Eye, um, that's my show. And as you kind of alluded before the name of it, that uh, in the shadow of Big Red Eye is uh, Big Red Eye is Sussex County, New Jersey's Bigfoot. And that's where I'm from. You know how like um, Florida has like the skunk ape and Ohio has the grass man. Well, Sussex County, New Jersey has Big Red Eye. And it was back in 1972, a state park ranger uh, went on record and said he saw gl two pairs of glowing red eyes. And uh, since then, it's been seen all over North America. So it's kind of our little claim to fame there, if you will. Interesting. Of all the things I heard about Bigfoot in New Jersey before, I never heard of it being called the Big Red Eye, which mm -hmm. I love learning. I love learning new things. So this is that's definitely that's a. That's a cool Bigfoot to me, it sounds like. I mean, that's almost <laughs> like a, I would almost think like a Bigfoot with like a demonic type way to it almost, but yeah. I'm sure it's not that. I'm sure it's not really that type of mix, but. Uh, so what got you into the paranormal? Um, yeah, I am not, I can't say I'm super into paranormal. I'm more into the Bigfoot aspect of things. Uh, I, I have gone on one ghost to ghost hunt uh, in the past, which was really freaky. We had the SLS camera and uh, we saw something on it, which is really weird. I, I don't know. I still still can't wrap my brain around it. Um, but but like I said, I'm more into the Bigfoot thing. And a lot of people think, uh, well, some people feel that Bigfoot could be related to paranormal uh it, it has has a paranormal aspect to it um i don't think so i think bigfoot is a biological creature and i think that um it's kind of just up there with like the uh the bear and the chipmunks and the eagles and and things like that well yeah i mean i always as i was telling a guest last night i always think of bigfoot as a physical creature i mean I've had people on the show before who try to say, oh, Bigfoot is ultra-dimensional, or, wrong word, ultra-terrestrial, which means interdimensional. I'm like, I don't see that. I just can't see that being the case for Bigfoot. Some other cryptids, maybe, but Bigfoot seems to be skin and bone, and he seems to be living here on Earth for the last 10,000 years. Who knows? I mean, but... Well, uh, like I said, there are some people though that that really firmly believe uh, that that Bigfoot and paranormal are um, two two of the same things. I can't I can't get on board with it just because of the simple fact that the evidence that I've found uh, about Bigfoot um, is is just it proves to me and shows me that it's a physical being. That's all. I mean, nothing has I've proved I've I've challenged people. Uh, to to you know, please show me some evidence of change my mind, you know, and nobody has been able to do that, so nobody's taken me up on the offer. So I don't know, um, but yeah, I think skin and bones, um, flesh and blood type of thing, absolutely. Which, I mean, just I mean, I do classify Bigfoot as under the paranormal umbrella, kind of, but yeah. I don't. Yeah, I'm not gonna put him in the same category as ghost and as of well maybe yeah i mean ghost maybe but i'm not gonna put them in the same category as you know mirrored men or as uh chupacabras like that type of stuff like because that's right. all more mysterious stuff than bigfoot seems to be just something we seems to be something we just can't prove to the non-believers exist mm. yeah that's a good way to put it yeah you can't prove that something doesn't exist 
I mean, and we can't we can't prove to the non-believers he exists either. That's the problem, and that's <laughs> that that's where a lot of the non-believers that's where a lot of the non-believers come in. They're like, "Where's the bodies?" And I'm like, yeah. "One, I don't want to find a body because that's sad that <laughs> Bigfoot died." But, yeah, that's true. And two, and two, ten to one, if they're intelligent, they're supposed to be almost as intelligent as humans, if not the same or more intelligent than us. So they probably dispose, they probably take care of the bodies the same way we do. That's why you don't find them. They're probably buried in the woods somewhere, decomposing, and we don't know where to look. Yeah, yeah. I don't know um, if they were, if you'd say per se, buried or not. I don't think the um, the population doesn't that doesn't justify uh, enough that we wouldn't find their bones. Um, you know, I challenge hunters and stuff. I say, hey. You've been in the woods for 40, 50 years, your entire life. Have you ever came across a bear skeleton? And they're overwhelmingly, a light goes off in their head and says, holy crap, no, I haven't. Um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm from, from, like I said, Sussex County, New Jersey, which has the highest density of black bear population east of the Mississippi. And I could count on two hands the number of times that I've seen black bear when I'm out hiking. So it's not that they're not here. It's just that they're well aware of when humans are out in the woods and they stay far away from us. And I think Bigfoot are the exact same. I think Bigfoot and bear are extremely, extremely similar. They have extremely similar characteristics. I would I would agree with that. I mean, because I've always said Bigfoot, we if they did exist for as long as we think they did, if you go with the Gigantithecus uh, theory, that that's where they wore, that's where they came from, which would mean they've been around since we were cavemen. And if we were killing them back then, they'd be smart enough to learn eventually, stay away from these guys, they try to kill me. We're going to go yeah. this way now. Bye. Yeah. Or, and I think that, you know, um, some people ask, like, well, why don't they hurt, why haven't they, you know, they kill anybody? And I think that uh, it's a very good question, but I think that, you know, instinctually they know that if they do something to humans, bad things are going to happen and the humans are going to come look for them. Somehow, I, I think that that they're smart enough to comprehend that. Well, I mean, and who's to technically say they they haven't? I mean, if you look at the missing 411 they're very uh, true. people, I mean... Who says that at least one of those cases couldn't be a Bigfoot that someone went into his territory and whoops, sorry, I'm in your territory. You're in my territory. So now you're gone. Or yeah, I mean, yeah, not that the they case. killed anybody in these situations, but yeah, but even just have encounters with these, these things, like, especially the children's encounters, it's like, you know, who, who knows? We were reading some the other, the other um, day and, and uh, the child was found like 12 miles away from his initial, you know, lost point, which is like for a two year old is uh, like out of this world crazy. So um, I don't know. It's kind of uh, it's it's really interesting to to um, to actually read some of the stories. That's the first time I was able to get my hands on the book to read some of the stories. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, which there have been other stories as well of where a child gets found days later and he says like they ask him like what happened he's like oh the big hairy man protected me yeah and they're everybody's just like big hairy man and i mean yeah. of course anybody anybody that's into the paranormal or bigfoot automatically assumes that means a bigfoot <laughs> but it's right. everybody else everybody else is like questioning it like who yeah like, i mean if you look at the if you look at like the ape canyon incident and all the other stories you hear of like truckers with huge rock dents in the side of their truck overnight, and they hear something walking around outside their truck and like snorting and hooting a little bit. Like, so yeah. I mean, Bigfoots, Bigfoots don't, I think they're just like any mammal in the wild. They don't mean to harm humans. They're not out there just looking to kill humans. But if you right. go in their territory or if they, if they're, if they feel threatened in any way, especially if they have a young Bigfoot with them, yeah. then they they might try to protect themselves. I mean, I would expect nothing less from any animal. Yeah, my uh, my well, my first uh, encounter, um, what got me into Bigfooting initially was uh, we had rocks thrown at us. And um, the Bigfoot could have easily hit us. Not like, no question about it. But they were like, they landed five to ten feet away from us. 
So, I mean, and they were, you know, like I said, if it wanted to come a little closer, I think that aim was perfect, but the, it was so far away. Uh, it had to be, we measured the next day and it was over a hundred yards that the, the, the rocks came from. They were fist sized rocks. And then the last one that came after my friend threw a rock back at it was a uh, laptop sized boulder came out of the trees and landed next to us. So I think in that situation, we got a little too close to a Bigfoot's family and they were trying to get us out of the area and it almost worked. If we weren't out there looking for Bigfoot, that would have, we would have been gone. Yeah. I mean, and kudos to your friend for actually having the balls to throw a rock back. I definitely, I know. Wouldn't. I'd be, yeah. I'd be hightailing it out of there. In a second, that was but... me and go, you know, not for nothing. That was my first ever camping experience too. So I, I was, you know, growing up, I was an indoor, indoor only child, which is, which is one of the reasons why I made the show is to kind of entice people to get outside and into nature. Cause I was always an inside kid growing up. And, and now that I've, I've gotten into Bigfooting, I, you know, I'm outside going hiking, fishing, backpacking, doing survival stuff. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's important, especially nowadays to get kids and families outside and less connected. Same. I mean, I grew up, well, I mean, I was an indoor kid for the most part, but I, we spent every day outside, but it was in the suburbs. It wasn't in the woods. And I never went camping until I met my now wife and she made me take her and the kids camping. And I'm like, and I, 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 I bitched and moaned the whole way. I didn't want to go. <laughs> I didn't want to sleep on the ground. I'm freaking good on that. And I ended up going camping twice, basically since that since then I went camping twice and never saw any. I mean, we heard things walking around outside at, in the woods at night, but we never saw anything. And I never thought for a second it might be a Bigfoot because, I mean, where we were wasn't really, I mean, it could be Bigfoot territory, technically, I guess. It was near the yeah. Bridgewater Triangle. So, you know, yeah. they are yeah, big. Near, they are big in that area. So, yeah, I mean, well, what is there any other experiences you had with Bigfoot? Oh, yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, so after the rock incident, we had um, the second incident or the second uh, experience that I had was in Colt Creek State Park in Florida. Uh, and the first incident happened in North Florida, kind of by the Georgia line. This is in uh, Central Florida by um, kind of by Ocala-ish. Um, uh, and we were in uh, the Green Swamp, it's called, and we saw... Uh, two pairs of, of eyes and one was like fire engine red uh, kind of orangey in the middle and the other was like aqua blue like kind of the same color as my cup here um, and it was very um, <clears throat> strange one eye one set of eyes turned and looked at the other one turned and looked back at us and then it blinked and then we were out of there it was my me and my my same friend jimmy go he's you know he's with me he's a trooper uh but um we saw them and we thought initially uh it was humans but we didn't realize that humans don't have eye shine we were very new to the whole bigfoot thing so uh when we went back out there to measure uh the next day uh we saw that they were like you know seven and a half foot tall and um it's just really strange like um you can't. It, it, the only thing that I could have thought it it could be is two hovering owls next to each other, but that's so out of the question. <laughs> it's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, owl. Uh, as far as I know, owls don't really like hang out together. Like they're yeah. pretty lonely creatures. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, up in Whitehall, New York, kind of up by the Bridgewater Triangle, one of my favorite areas to go bigfooting. Uh, we, we go up there every year. We're actually going to go up there, uh, in uh, a month from now, we'll be up in, in, um, Whitehall for the Whitehall, uh, Bigfoot calling contest. Um, yeah. so that'll be fun. Um, and we're going to be in Vermont camping on some private property, which would be even funner. Um, but we got surrounded in Whitehall. Um, and there had to be three Bigfoot that were like 20 yards from us and, it was it was uh, so uh, petrifying at the time, 
you know, you couldn't, uh, uh, they were breaking branches, throwing rocks, hitting trees right by us. Uh, you could hear the footfalls grunting. Um, and this, this, that got us out of the area that time it worked and we, we got right out of the area. So I can't tell you what that was, but that was interesting because we didn't have any equipment on us at that point. We just had a voice recorder. That was the only thing we had with us. We didn't have any cameras, uh, anything like that. We just had a big spotlight and a voice recorder, but all that's on uh, the YouTube channel, which you can, uh, you can check out. I may, I definitely will have to, cause I mean. It's funny, Whitehall, Whitehall, New York, which when I, when I I grew up in a little small town outside of uh, Kingston and New Paltz, New York. Nice. So, so I knew Whitehall my whole life. I just until I got older, I never realized it was a Bigfoot hotspot until like yeah. I got older and I saw the I saw the documentaries, but I was like, oh, okay. Which apparently I was growing up in Bigfoot's backyard as well, and I never realized it. I just had to go in the woods actually, and I may have bad chance but <laughs> yeah the I things mean, you learn you know i mean the woods by us the most you ever would see is a snake or maybe a couple squirrels but there's never where, where, big in the woods. where are you located at uh well when I, back then i was located in a small town called tilson in between new paltz and kingston new york okay and, like tilson rosendale new york two two small little towns in between the two big towns but Right, two big cities, and I mean, we're right. We're we were right by Mohawk Mountain, though. We're right by the Adirondacks. Mm. I mean, we're in the yeah. Catskills. It's so it's prime Bigfoot territory. We just when I was a kid, I never realized it because I was into this stuff since I was a kid. I just never really like did much investigating on how I could see these things because you know I was a kid. I didn't think about oh I should go yeah. see Bigfoot. I'm like I'm right. a kid. I want to <laughs> play video. I want to play video games. <laughs> but, yeah. So. It's funny though, because I, one of my, the podcast that got me back into the paranormal about five, six years ago is called Monsters Among Us. And oh, I don't know great. if you heard yeah. it. Of course. So have you heard Mac's story from Monsters Among Us about his Bigfoot mm. encounter? No, I haven't. Basically, Mac lives down south somewhere. I forget the exact state always. I want to say Mississippi or Louisiana, but, and he was hunting in a deer blind and he fell out of his deer blind something startled him he fell out of his deer blind about 20 foot drop and according to him i mean so he broke his back basically falling from that and according to him next thing he knew there was something picking him up and when he saw it it was a bigfoot at least, at least what he describes as a bigfoot and it started to try to nurture him and feed him from her from well, her breast basically so he had a bigfoot pick him up and try to breastfeed wow. him and he said it was he said it was the worst tasting thing he ever tasted in his life when she oh, actually man. got him to do it but and the whole time that the female is doing that he says he hears a male behind him behind him where he can't see in the woods just like grunting and hollering at the female like come on we gotta go we gotta go we can't be yeah. around the human this long hmm. But it's funny because when his family <laughs> found him later, later that night, finally, because he didn't come home, so they went looking. And when they found him, he went to the doctors, hospitals, everything after that. And his back healed faster than any doctor ever thought it should. Mm. Which made him think, like, is there possibly medicinal properties to a Bigfoot's breast milk? Like, do they have mm. something about them that we don't we don't as humans? Yeah, that's that's I've never heard anything. That, that, I've heard a lot. I, sir, I have heard a lot of Bigfoot theories before, but that is the first I've heard of uh, anything about Bigfoot's breast milk. I'll it, give you that. I'm telling you, okay. this I actually had Derek Hayes from Monster Among Us on on my show yesterday afternoon. The hey. episode's going to be released. The episode's going to be releasing this Saturday, but and we of course talked about max call because it's one of the most popular calls from monster among us because mm. it was just such a one of those calls that one of those experiences that like and the sound of his voice like you can't you don't think he's making it up it doesn't sound like he's lying even right. derek said on my show if he's lying he's the greatest storyteller ever he should be in hollywood mm. so right it's, it's, I mean, it's just interesting. Anybody that's, anybody that's into Bigfoot, I'd like to bring that story up because it's just so fascinating. That yeah. The, poss the possibility of that. I mean, I can't guarantee it happened. I wasn't there, of course, but 
it just it's and i've heard it so many times now that every time i hear it it just seems more and more realistic the way he tells it one of my favorite bigfoot stories came from uh battle mountain in 1992 in nevada where uh bigfoot was um the there was a forest fire big forest fire in the area and the forest firefighters were um doing their thing but they were taking a break and uh a Bigfoot comes out of the woods, all charred and burned, kind of smoldering and falls down right at the firefighter's feet. So the firefighters start first aid care and they get the ambulance and they put them into the ambulance. And the there's firefighters and EMTs and paramedics. They start working on this this Bigfoot and they start IVs. And you can you could read in the gentleman's story how in depth it goes is like he heard the bowel sounds from the Bigfoot, like he listened to it through his stethoscope. And heard about. You froze on me there, I think. Yeah, uh, watchers, it seems like Mike might have frozen up. Hopefully, hopefully, he gets it fixed soon. I apologize to my watchers. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Back here. There you go. So, sorry yeah. about that. Where, where, where did we leave off? Um, bow sounds. That's where you left oh. off. So yeah. So um, so then uh, the military came in. I guess they called whoever, and the military came in, and they convoyed away the ambulance, and never to be seen nor heard from again. They, the military or whoever, swore all the firefighters there to secrecy. And this guy since got out of the military and wrote about the story, which I don't know. I think, um, you know, a story is a story is a story, but that's a pretty cool story. It's a, I mean, I can believe it because I believe, I truly believe the military and the government know things about Bigfoot that they're not telling everybody else. I mean, yeah. if you, because small town monsters went to the Olympic project in Washington where, they found multiple supposed Bigfoot nests uh, like in the Olympic project area. Cause I mean, regular civilians are not allowed in this area. You have to get permission from the people who run the Olympic project to go into it. Mm-hmm. And in one of the, in one of their Bigfoot uh, documentaries, they went there and they filmed it. And I mean, I had Mark Matsky on here a month or two ago talking about, it, and like he said, it's one of the most beautiful sites you ever see. Is to see that Bigfoot nest and just know, like you get a little bit of confirmation, then that something you always believed is true is really true, because nothing, yeah. no, no other, no other animal would make a habitat like that. No other animal would make something that big. Sure. Yeah, that's cool. That's 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 kind of the the uh, confirmation that I'm looking for. I believe is is I want to know what threw rocks at me from in the woods. You know. So a lot of people ask, well, what are you going to do when you find them? And I say, I don't, I don't know, because like, to be honest, I'm going to accomplish my goal of what I set out to do. And that's to find Bigfoot or to find what threw the rocks, what threw rocks at me. So am I going to, is that going to put me on like a rampage to like, let's learn more about these things. Or am I going to be like, I'm done. Uh, You know, (laughs) I have no idea. No, I'd have to say if I ever found definitive proof of Bigfoot and I knew for 100% they existed without denying, and no one could deny the fact that that existed at that point, I would try to communicate with them. I would teach myself mm. sign language fully and try to communicate with them in some form of sign language. I mean, I feel like that would be the next step because imagine, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. But then again, I don't want people to find them because humans are not the greatest race ever and we <laughs> tend to we tend to destroy everything we find so yeah if um and i think uh if the government did come out and say you know there's ufos out there uh or i'm sorry there's bigfoot out there uh kind of like they did with the ufos um then i think there would be a lot of unnecessary people getting hurt in the woods because everybody would be out there trying to shoot bigfoot and hunters wear ghillie suits, and guess what a ghillie suit looks like? A Bigfoot. So I think there would be a lot of unnecessary people getting shot and killed in the woods. But 
Uh, I also think it would create a little bit of mass hysteria saying like, hey, you know, there's an eight foot tall predator, you know, in the woods and it's not, you know, it's it's legitimately here. It's not just uh, some, you know, some made up thing now if the government would, uh, you know, that's what I say, big if and if that does happen. Yeah, which I mean, the only reason that the government admitting UFOs wasn't as big a thing as it should have been is because one, COVID was going on at the same time, and then two, I mean, people pretty much, a majority of people in the world accept that aliens exist for a long time now because there are so many people that have seen UFOs that they can't, most people can't deny it. They can't deny the fact that we're not alone in this universe. We can't be. It's just scientifically improbable that we're alone in this universe. Or at least right. to my at least to my belief and to most people I know's beliefs. But I mean I've seen UFOs too in the in the Bridgewater Triangle area and up where I live now in um Gardner, Massachusetts, which is kind of northwest central Massachusetts near the New Hampshire border and Vermont border. So because I mean, we've seen we've seen strange things out our window looking in the sky at night, and Gardner is known as a UFO hotspot. So, I truly believe that they are around here. I mean, the theory is is that they're mining some kind of metal out of the mountains that's around cool. us, and that and that's why they're here. That they suck it up in their ship, the, however they do it, and then they just take off. It's either fuel to them or something. I don't know what, but couldn't tell you. But I mean, I fully believe in aliens just as much as I believe in Bigfoot. Because Bigfoot, I mean, Lemonster State Forest, about 15 miles east of me, is a huge Bigfoot hotspot around here. I've been told by multiple people that that's, mm-hmm. they have seen yeah, that people have seen big yep. people have seen Bigfoot there. I've heard. I'm I've yet to go check it out. One of these days, I got to take the kids and the wife for a hike and. You know, gotta bring the kids in case I need a sacrifice real fast. But, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, <laughs> sorry, Jerry, but I love you. But I need to get out of here. Uh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I'm. I mean, it's. Yeah, I don't know. I gotta. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta go to that state forest someday and do some investigating, maybe, and see if I can find anything. But you know, nine out of ten, I'm not gonna find anything. It's just the way it goes. I've I've looked before, but it just in different areas. But well, just... I think I think nine times out of ten, if you if you stay on the trail, let me ask you this: What is your theory on Bigfoot? Like, do you truly believe they've been around here forever, or do you think they're possibly extraterrestrial related? Hmm. Yeah, that's another that's another theory that a lot of people have is that they could be related to extraterrestrials or aliens or UFOs. Um, I think they're biological, physically here on Earth, just like it, like kind of other animals. Um, and I don't know if they've been here forever per se, but I think they've kind of um, matured alongside of humans as we have matured throughout our, our life, st- life stages, uh, throughout life or throughout our, our, our life, if you will, of, of, um, human humanization. Um, and I think they probably paralleled us, but they, you said Gigantithecus before, very possible, I believe it could be a Denisovan, which is another ancient human, which lived alongside of modern day humans, which uh, we don't have too much uh, fossil records of. We only have a little pinky finger, but from what we could tell is that they were about eight feet tall. Um, so, and, and another reason why I think that is because um, Native Americans have, um, like every Native American tribe in the United States has a theory or a story about a Bigfoot. I was just looking this up for a presentation I'm doing this weekend, and it's really interesting. Um, none of these Native American tribes could like speak to each other because they, didn't, they, they spoke different languages, yet they all had a story of an eight-foot-tall, hair-covered creature. To me, that's that's in, insane. And and if anybody were to know what's out in the woods, I think it'd be the Native Americans. Truly, I mean, I I bring that up in the show all the time. Is that because I've read the stories too of Native Americans who live today telling like that their ancestors talked about trading with hairy tribes of men, and that mm-hmm. they didn't 
they didn't treat them as any as an animal or anything different. They just they traded with them and they moved on their way. They just didn't bother them. So, and yes, Native Americans would know about the forest and what's in it better than anybody. They know they know because all the cave systems that are in the United States, on the East Coast and West Coast, especially that go from Pennsylvania, New York, all the way down to the South. I mean, these caves are so big. Who knows what's living inside these caves? Like a lot of cryptids could be living inside these caves in different parts of them. And we never would know. I think the furthest, I think I read once the furthest we ever gone inside the one cave on the East coast is like 400, maybe 400 miles. And that's it. I guess the furthest an exploration team in modern time mm-hmm. went down. I mean, Native Americans supposedly went through these caves all the way from one end to the other, because it was a ritual of theirs to do like once a year or something like that. Like when they were, I think it was like a, they would start in the north and the in like the end of summer and go down to the south for the winter, but I oh, believe that's why I read at least. Right. But they considered it like a spiritual journey to go through these caves and survive the trek. So, who yeah. knows what's in these caves? Yeah. I mean, it. Well, that's true. I think I think caves could have a definitely. Uh, I think they could have means of a, a great temporary shelter. However, I don't think um, uh, so. When I hear people say they live in caves, I I would assume people are people would are saying that they uh, they live in caves most of their life, and they're like terrestrial, like lower under terrestrial people, cave people. No, uh, I don't. Like that. Yeah, I don't think that at all. I think I think they they use them for for great overnight structures to keep warm in, and to keep out of the elements, but. I think a lot of the cave systems uh, around, especially on the East Coast, are you know people say they're not explored, but they they're they they're popular. You know, there there's there's um, caves in New Jersey that are extremely popular up in Northwest New Jersey up here, um, and uh, it's definitely not an area for a Bigfoot to go into. But we also have mines and stuff up here, which are, are closed off, which would make great shelters too. I don't know. It's just, um, it's definitely possible that, that, uh, I think the cave system is pretty cool. I've always wanted to go and see the mammoth cave system in Kentucky. Yes. I, I, yeah, it's always been kind of my list of places I'd love to go. Cause I, I never been to Kentucky at all. I don't believe I may have when I was younger, mm. but I'm not yeah, sure. Kentucky's beautiful. I've been to the Red River Gorge and Daniel Boone National Forest. We actually heard uh, tree knocks there. It was really cool. That that turned out to be a really cool episode. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's so many places in the United States I'd love to visit. I mean, and the world the world in general. I mean, I would love to go to Australia and like try to hear a yowie at night mm-hmm. because yeah. I mean Sasqu- that's Sasquatch's cousin. Which it's another reason when people say that they can't believe in Bigfoot. I'm like. You know there's a version of Bigfoot in basically every civilized country in the world. Like it's just the way mm-hmm. it is. Like there, there's different versions. You have the Yaren, the Yaren in China. The the you have the um, uh, man Orang Pendek. Uh, yet the Orang Pendek, the the Yeti, the um, uh, there's one in Sumatra. The Orang Pendek in Sumatra, yeah. and then you have the Yowie, absolutely. Um, and they're all, I think, like you said, I think they're all cousins yeah i mean they're all they're all they're all related just same as all humans are related in some form or just same same as us though they all look different from each other because they evolved in different parts of the world and they had to evolve to that part of the world but 100 percent. and i mean yeah we seem to be a little more dangerous than sasquatches though from the stories i've heard of australians talking about it they seem to attack a lot more if you're in their territory but i don't know what to think of that yeah, I don't know. I think that's probably just the kind of um, yaoi that you get, just kind of the same like uh, same Bigfoot that you get. And I know people say that there's um, the Grassman in Ohio is a little more uh, aggressive than than the other Bigfoots around, and that could be uh, just because that of that tribe of Bigfoot or that family group or that clan of Bigfoot. And um, when I say clan, I just use it as a lack of a better term for a group of Bigfoot. Um, yeah, uh, that they could, um, that's possible. 
I I agree 100%. I agree 100%. I mean, it's just the way it is. But it's funny because a lot, I mean, well, when we were talking about the cave systems and everything, I talk about the cave systems a lot because of the one meme on Facebook where it shows the cave systems in the east and west of the United States. And then it shows like the dots from the missing 411 over it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of coincidental that they both overlap each other like that, which makes you think what is in those caves. I mean, it could easily be Bigfoot related or it could be dogmen related as well, which that's my favorite cryptid right there is dogmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you, you know about the dogmen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. I was just talking about the dogman yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and out of all the places that I've been, and I've been to some pretty dog many places. We're actually going out to the Allegheny National Forest this coming weekend. We're leaving early tomorrow morning. Um, that uh, I've never encountered a dog man, never seen any uh, signs of a dog man, anything I could attribute to a dog man, never heard anything that I could attribute to a dog man. So, um, uh, y- you know, I'm open to the idea uh, if I, if I were to come across some evidence or see something myself, however, I just haven't come across anything. So I, I can't say for certain if, if the thing's out there or not. Hello, Vera. Thanks for watching. Appreciate it. And I mean, as well, well, I had, I had a investigator from Pennsylvania named Lon Strickler. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. Lon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. It seems like everybody knows Lon to some degree, but I think, I think you have to know Lon. I just think that's a that's a that's a pre pre preferred thing to get into Bigfoot. Well, Lon, of course, is from Pennsylvania, so he he has a lot of reports of dogmen around Pennsylvania mines, mm. which I don't know. I mean, that may be their that may be where they hide out, like at night or when they want to get away from people. That may be where they they hide out. But and dogmen, I love because I was introduced to a website called North American dogmen project and yeah they have a map on their home page of all these different sighting people reported of dogmen across the united states and the amount of red dots on this map even if even if 80 percent of them are lies straight up lies by people the 20 percent remaining is still enough to make me avoid the woods <laughs> it's just it, it's terrifying to think about because i mean Yes, that's where the idea of werewolves came from. I believe is dogmen. I think they've exi- I think they've existed like Bigfoot since we were cavemen, and they just spread out further away from us because we probably were killing them when we could. Mm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, because I also think that's why the Egyptians worshipped Anubis and why the Aztecs had their own version of the, of a dog man god. Like I think that's why mm. because these things these things existed and. People saw them, especially back then, but I think now, like 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 Bigfoot, they're intelligent enough to stay away from humans unless humans intrude on them, which they can't prevent. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I, don't I know. definitely. I like... I've read I've read a bunch of Dogman um, encounters, and um, some of them are very, I mean, very in depth, and and it would be very difficult to you know just like Bigfoot, it would be extremely difficult to make make some of these some of these encounters up and some of these sightings up yeah which i that's the thing i can't get over is like not everybody you can be lying about the same thing it just doesn't work that way in the world i mean and and you know even even if you know everybody was lying there would only need to be one person that wasn't lying exactly you know and it's that one person that you know so the thousands and thousands of people I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't think they could all be lying. <laughs> yes, as, exactly. That, that's where I stand as well. Which, uh, Vera, are you talking about dogmen or Bigfoot? Because I truly believe that both of them are all over the world. I truly believe that both of them are. I don't know. I hope that answers your question. Um, what What do you think, Mike? Uh, do you think they're all over the world? Yeah, I think we talked a little bit before. Uh, uh, Vera showed up about how uh, the Yeti and the and the the um, Orang Pendek and and everything from around yeah, the world. But I also yeah. think, 
think uh, the grass or the uh, the dog man too has got to be like you said. The Egyptians had a god of the dog. You know that that's very interesting. I never put the two and two together. Which it's it's interesting because I had a guest on here. One of my one of my first guests. Okay, yeah, she's confirmed the dog man. Yeah, I like we just said. I truly believe the dog man is everywhere because it's been around as long as humans have, if not longer, I believe, because dog dogs themselves were around before humans kind of civilized them and made them like man's best friend, like back in mm -hmm. caveman days. But sure. and it's funny because. The reason I think of that for Dogman, the Anubis connection, is I had a guest on here the first couple months I did the show, and he was in the army, and he was in Egypt with his with his army platoon one on one trip excursion. I forget what they call it, one tour of duty, and one of his buddies saw a statue of what he didn't know at the time was Anubis, and he was just like, he said his friend was just like stone faced, like, what is that? And they're like, that's Anubis. He was an ancient Egyptian god. And he's like, I've seen that exact thing in my backyard in New Orleans when I was a kid twice. Hmm. Which New Orleans is Rougarou country, which is the Haitian African version of dogmen, the Rougarou. Right. Or what they, they call, they, they, I mean, Small Town Monsters just did a documentary about it called Rougarou, the American Werewolf, which I hate the word werewolf. I freaking hate it but but yeah i mean it's basically what people use to describe because they don't know any better but yeah, exactly. so i mean the fact that someone who didn't know anything about egyptian gods could see a statue and immediately get scared because it's something he saw as a kid that freaked him out which different parts of the world too i mean it's not like he grew up in egypt and he where he would see the statue on a daily basis like different parts of the world i mean it's just yeah it's trippy and that's why I love the paranormal because it's trippy how the coincidences and the synchronization that comes up with the paranormal is just so trippy. But and yes, Vera, you are very welcome. I we gladly answer any questions on this show that we can. I mean, it's paranormal, so we can only answer questions to a certain degree. We don't know everything with definitive proof. But but before we went on camera, Mike mentioned something to me called the Mantis Man, which I've heard vague stories of, but. I haven't talked about it on this show yet because no one I talked to has ever brought it up. So why don't yeah, you tell but, us what you know about the Mantis Man? So so the Mantis Man of uh, the Muskinetcong watershed, which is a, a, a river that runs uh, from the Muskinetcong Lake uh, in northwest New Jersey to the Delaware River, um, is, uh, is I think it's like 23 or 27 miles long, something like that. And it's had reports throughout the years of uh, six foot tall uh, human eye, humanoid praying mantis. Uh, it's a humanoid face with the wings of a mantis, uh, with the legs of a mantis, um, the antenna and everything like that. Um, and it supposedly inhabits the Muskinetcong River, and uh, there have been reports of it for uh, going on 40 years now. So uh, it's something that I'm going to check out. That might be a new documentary next year. Hopefully it will be. So something to look out for. Which I, of course, have heard of, heard of the Mantis Man sightings. Like, I've, I've heard of them for years, and I don't know. When it comes to, I mean... It's hard because there's more there's more sightings of the mantis man than there is of other lesser known cryptids out there. And sure, when it when it comes to insect humanoid type creatures, my mind always has to go to extraterrestrial because I I truly believe that extraterrestrials are one of the main versions of them is insect humanoid type mm -hmm. creatures because what would survive what would survive on planets where mammals and other more fragile life couldn't survive, but insects, because insects are more meant to survive in harsher conditions. So, or what mm, we call yeah. insects. I mean, who, they might they might not classify themselves as insects. They might not even know what that word means. But right, they right. just look they they look like something we have on Earth that's similar. Which yeah. who knows? <laughs> the, the two could be related. I mean, yeah, that's true. And 
that's something we may have to dive into uh, during the documentary as well. What's interesting about the Mantis Man is uh, I think most reports of the Mantis Man are of him by some body of water, which is unusual because, uh, as you said, insects, uh, Mantis Man is the, uh, the praying mantis is an insect, and they generally do not like water. They stay far away from water. So that's uh, another topic that we'll have to kind of dive into and hopefully figure out uh, on a new documentary coming up next year. Yeah, which I mean, and when I say lesser known cryptids for my listeners, like on my other podcasts, uh, my paranormal discussion podcast, Global Strangeness, we just did an episode a couple weeks ago on the Loveland Frogman and the Skateboard Swamp Lizardman. Cool. Which I we just did an episode on them, and there's not many. There was like that one batch of sightings for both. And then I know the Loveland Frogman has been seen since once in a while, but they're just, they're lesser known cryptids that are, it's harder not to put them off and like kind of laugh at them. Cause I mean, I know the skateboard swamp lizard man. The first time I ever saw him was on a, <laughs> was on a monsters and mysteries of America segment on destination America. Yeah. <laughs> and the reenactments they did were so corny, but, it was still a good show because it was just the reenactments were fun to watch, but oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think of a lizard man. I think of like the lizard from Spider-Man. Like that's what I think of because right. that's what everybody, that's what everybody thinks of now because of popular culture. But I don't know. It's, it's just the lesser known. I think about the, I find it, oh, I think about I the, where you're going. The, the, ge the Geico gecko. Not right. There's like I heard the G. It's not where I thought you were going, but I like that. Oh, <laughs> or we could do the Godzilla. Yes, okay, we could do the Godzilla too. Well, not, not not. I wasn't going there either. But oh, where are uh, you going? I, I thought I thought you were going to say Goat Man, but oh, okay. There's we got some good G's going on. I know, right? But no, because I mean, <laughs> that's another one of my favorite cryptids. Is the goat man, like the Pope, the public monster and all mm. the other goat men that have been seen throughout the United States, which I don't know. I mean, that's another of those lesser known cryptids. I'm like, it sounds like a, it sounds like a bad horror movie plot. Like, Oh, a scientist, a scientist, a farmer had goats and he, and he, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like there's always like a, some kind of like mad scientists, like idea behind like how these things came to exist. Like, and like he he was a farmer with goats and he came back to life as half goat man and it's like ah come on <laughs> you're trying to make it make it realistic i mean but yet goat men do go back to mythology because of satyrs in ancient greece which i don't know it's that's where goat men hit reality for me as if if they were talking about half goat half man creatures back in ancient greece what if they did exist i mean Ancient Greece had a lot. The ancient the ancient cultures had a lot of paranormal topics, almost. Hmm. Yeah, mean, that's true. I've 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 not not delved into that, but on ancient aliens, I've I've heard that topic discussed before. Yeah, which I don't know, but a mantis man, I can believe in. I mean, there's a lot of weird creatures out there that I just don't think I don't think we discovered them yet. Because as much as mm -hmm. we destroy forests to build civilization. There still is plenty of forest out there that no one really has spent much time in. I mean, not so much in, in some parts of North America, yes, in like the mountain ranges, but in other parts of the world, there's a lot of jungles we haven't even touched yet, especially yeah. in South South America and Africa, especially. But Or, and you could take it the other way, and this is a, a case that I would love to start investigating, uh, is the Tasmanian tiger which is its creature that we knew was alive and we have fossil record of, we have video proof of it yes. and has since gone extinct back in the forties. I believe it was forties or sixties or I forget when. Um, and there have been sightings obviously still to this day of, of the Tasmanian tiger. So I would love to go on an expedition down there. And, and not only is it, would it be absolutely beautiful, but to, to be part of that, the, that team to, to try to find evidence of that, that would be super cool too, I think. Yes. And I, didn't they just announce like in the last year or two that they found another Tasmanian tiger that they thought they were extinct, but they found one more. Oh, I didn't hear that. I'm not sure about that. That might've been fake news. 
Yeah, I mean, it's highly possible. It's, I mean, you see all these stories nowadays on Facebook and whatnot. And it's like you, you yeah. can't, you can't even begin to tell what's real and what's fake anymore unless it's like a, unless you hear it like unless it's like straight from one of the big four like news outlets. You can't trust it even, and even then, it's, it's questionable. <laughs> yeah, it's sad because I mean, I, I, I have to see the video myself or something like that to truly believe it. I mean. I know in the last five or six years, they discovered that video you're talking about where they found the black and white video of Tasmanian Tiger. And like, it's been all over the internet since then, but yeah, which yeah. I, I am pretty sure though. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I heard from multiple sources that they found a new one, like somewhere in like in a jungle and somehow it survived since then. And that there must've been, there must've well been, be. there must've been like a pack of them that no one ever could find. And that, like this one might be a lone survivor from that pack, or something. I mean, that was a the theory they put out there, but I don't know. I didn't see. I didn't see it with my own two eyes, so I have a hard time fully believing it. But yeah, which in the in the paranormal world, that's the way you have to do is you can't fully believe anything until you see it with your own two eyes or until you experience. I didn't believe in ghosts and spirits until I met my wife and went to her house, which is on a Native American burial ground in the Bridgewater Triangle. And then I freaking started believing in ghosts. Oh, yes, I did. Because <laughs> mm. it's that house is creepy. And now I live with two ghosts in my house because the people who built my house still live here. Mm. I even had investigators come and do a whole investigation into it. And I had one of them talk to me. For all my listeners, listen to previous episodes if you want to hear that story. Because I'm not going into it again. But it was creepy. Definitely a little creepy. But all right. So... So, being from New Jersey, I have to ask this one because I ask everybody who lives in New Jersey this one. What are your thoughts on the Jersey Devil? No, Jimmy Hoffa is not buried under Giant Stadium. That is incorrect, sir. <laughs> That's the question you were going to ask. No, uh, the Jersey Devil is, um, yeah, you know. Um, Ah, so here's my philosophy is that the Jersey devil is actually uh, a misidentified Bigfoot. And I say this because uh, seven foot tall, glowing red eyes, screams at night. Um, that says to me, uh, Bigfoot. Uh, additionally, there have been no um, footprints found at the Jersey devil. And... Um, so I don't know. Um, I do have to be careful where I say that, though, because I was down in the Pine Barrens uh, a couple of years back and I was I was explaining to a newspaper uh, gentleman how how uh, an editor, how uh, I thought that the Jersey Devil was just a misidentified Bigfoot. And he, he, he uh, you know, the story came out and I actually got death threats about it. So I got to be careful where I swear I say that because the people of, of South Jersey really love their Jersey Devil. Let me tell you. Well, I mean, they loved it enough to name a hockey team after it. So yeah, but and <laughs> I don't. And I mean, yeah, the Jersey Devil's always been one of those more fanciful like cryptids that there was a good origin story for it back in the 17, 1600s, and I mean, mm -hmm. I love the fact the I love the fact that when child of mother leads, yeah. Yep. And it was cursed by the devil. But, and I mean, I like that when, I like that when it's coming at you, supposedly you could hear a train coming because that's the sound yeah. of it running. Right. Which, right. I mean, I don't know. But the Jersey Devil is also supposed to have fun, hooves. fun fact for you. Yes. In 19, in the early 1900s, I think it was in 1912. Uh, or 1909, uh, there was an influx of Jersey Devil sightings, uh, and actually like closed the banks and closed schools down and stuff. So, the Philadelphia Zoo, which is right next to the Jersey or to the Jersey Pinelands, um, actually offered a reward, a ten thousand dollar reward, for the recapture of the Jersey Devil. So somebody. Uh, back then they were able to obtain a kangaroo and they pretended they, they, they attached wings to this kangaroo and they attempted to, to turn him in for the profit for the, that $10,000. But the zoo was like, no, dude, this is a, this is a kangaroo with, with fake wings on it. But, um, if you, if you want to go, if anybody wants to come with me and try to capture the Jersey devil, the $10,000 reward is still uh, up for grabs. <laughs> 
which I have, I've, I've heard that 1909 story before, but it's always a fun one to hear. I mean, the, the imagination of people trying to get away with things in this country is completely crazy. <laughs> like, like a, like a zoo wouldn't know what a kangaroo looks like, but you know. Yeah. Hey, you know, I just want to know where you get a kangaroo from. That's my question. True. Oh, actually, I, I was going to say, I true. I wouldn't mind having one as a pet, but then I thought about it. I'm like, no. I've heard they're pretty freaking vicious when they're around humans oh. and they just want to fight all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things, but let me ask you this. If, or is it, where the hell was I just thinking? Oh yeah. Well, being from New Jersey, I mean, I'm sure you, do you have any interest in water monsters such as champ or Ogopogo? So yeah, every time I go up to Whitehall, um, I I have to look for Champ. Uh, you know, there's uh, the overlook uh, for for the listeners who aren't aware. Champ is the Lake Champlain monster, uh, who is is uh, like the 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 um, uh, Loch Ness monster Loch- of Lake Champlain, and uh, it's been seen and whatever. They even have uh, the the sign there and whatever. It's really cool. Uh, it's on the border of New York and Vermont. So it's uh, it's uh, one of the great chain of lakes. It's really cool. Uh, it's a beautiful area up in the Adirondacks. Um, but yeah, uh, I can't say that I'm into it, but I can say it's always fun to uh, to to try to look for it when you're out uh, when you're out bigfooting. See, one of my I know I say this a lot, but one of my favorite cryptids is Mokele Mbembe, which is if you haven't heard of it, it's a brontosaurus. That's supposed to live in the Congo or somewhere down there in the Congo in Africa. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been reported for hundreds and hundreds of years by the natives down there as, as seeing these creatures. Which, I mean, if there are river and lake and sea monsters mm-hmm. that, are, that are supposed to be dinosaurs left behind, what's to say there's not more dinosaurs left behind in other parts of the world? I mean, you have Macaulay and Bembe down there in Congo. In Chile, I believe, you have a tribe that worships raptors that live in the forest, and they tell tourists not to go in the forest because the raptors will kill you. And hmm. also in, in southwest United States, there have been reports of pterodons or pterodactyls flying around, and this is what people think Native Americans meant when they said thunderbirds. So, I mean... Living dinosaurs is one of my favorite topics, mm. and yes, we covered we covered this on Global Strangers yep. too because it was my it was my choice to pick a topic, and of course I had to go with living dinosaurs because I just the idea of living dinosaurs fascinates me to no end. Because what if some things did survive extinction? It's possible. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's totally possible, and and I don't know if a pterodactyl could survive something like that, but it's it's sure cool to sure cool to imagine if it could. Well, what turned me on to the pterodactyl thing is there. It, it was another um, either Monster Quest or Mysteries and Monsters segment where it was a report from the 60s or 70s of a pterodactyl picking up a young boy playing in the front yard in Texas or, or some state down there, and it actually carried mm-hmm. the boy for a few a few houses b- before the parents and the neighbors started shooting at it, and then it dropped the boy and flew off. Oh wow! Because I mean. So, and there have been multiple reports of pterodactyls flying along, like being seen down there, like in remote places. And there's plenty of caves down there that they could live in. There's plenty of caves in the desert that they could live in and survive. And they could pick off small mammals in the desert and small reptiles and eat them. So, I mean, 10 to 1, I mean, most people I talk to say that pterodactyls would be the one dinosaur they could see living still because they're, they're smaller and they could hide better, and they could it'd be easier to su- sustain them with food than it would like huge dinosaurs. Sure, yeah. I mean, no, that's that's very there. true. And even if you put the possibility of them being like a night predator, like an owl or something like that, on top of on top of it, and having night vision, then that's even more of a possibility, I think. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those. I mean, of course, my eight year old son loves dinosaurs, so whenever I talk about this, like. He straight has popped in my bedroom before when I'm recording this, and I talk, and he hears me talking about. It. He's like, "Dinosaurs exist." I'm like, 
Maybe, buddy. Maybe. I don't know. I can't prove it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he would love it, but I'm like, you me. <laughs> I mean, but I don't know. And also, I, multiple tourists have been told by these natives in Chile that if you go into these woods, these velociraptor like creatures will kill you. And like, they worship them. Like, they have idols and they worship them. Which. If dinosaurs are going to exist anywhere in this today's world, it would be in the deepest forest of South America and this in the Amazon and the deepest forest in the Congo where no humans really go to. Like, yeah. in my mind, do that's... They, do you think they have uh, the caves down there? I mean, I mean, they have Mount, the Andes are down there in Chile. So, yeah, there could be caves. And Africa, I'm sure, yeah. has caves in the jungle as well. So, I mean, yeah. it always brings to my mind, I mean, I know it got really popularized with the Godzilla Kong universe, but the hollow earth theory always comes to my mind. Like, mm. I mean, yes, the earth is, the earth is obviously hollow to some degree because we have all these cave systems, but it, I mean, I don't know if there's actually a land of the lost or, or savage yeah. land somewhere in Antarctica. And that's why we're not allowed there, but I don't know. I mean, it's just fun. It's fun to theorize about it, so I bring it up like on every episode of my show when it's people who know more than just ghosts. But yeah, which actually it is. That's a good way. To, uh, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that is a, it's it's fun to theorize about those those kind of certain things. Yeah, which I mean, <laughs> the reason I live off it is because when I was a kid in elementary school, the the one book paranormal book I always took out had Bigfoot, it had Loch Ness, and then the last two or three pages were what if dinosaurs still exist? And that was in the 90s. That was in the 90s, they still were writing this. And I'm pretty sure Mokalium Mok Bembe was mentioned in the pages, but so, I don't know. I mean, that's why it sticks in my head because it's something I read about when I was in elementary school and it never left my brain. It never left yeah. my brain, but but you actually said you do have a ghost encounter and that'd be a good way to end up the show yeah um it's it's yeah i i was invited uh by this group uh out to investigate this house and um it was an old house and it was supposedly haunted i don't know i don't even know if it was supposedly haunted or not i'm not sure um excuse me but we went up there and um nothing happened i tried the whole let me see what I could, you know, I I'm new to this. So let me like, let me ghost adventure it up and let me go downstairs by myself and do one of these, you know, let me see type things and nothing happened. And, uh, then we, we, we saw there was a, the one, one, one of the, uh, uh, people there had an SLS camera and they were pointing it in the bathroom and I swear, as as clear as bright as day, and you can see as clear as day, uh, a figure, a stick figure, on the toilet, just hanging out. And then he got up off the toilet, and we followed him, and we asked him to like lift lift up his leg. He lifted up his leg. We asked him to wave. He did the wave. And I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I have no idea what it is. It blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. It's it's. It's still, I still to this day, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. It's because I have no idea what it is. <laughs> and when you say, you say stick figure, so was it like a full apparition kind of, or was it like Ghostbuster style almost? Or it was on, uh, yeah, well, it was, it was on the SLS camera, which is a sensor oh. light system camera, I believe it's called. And yeah. that picks up stick figures or anomalies that aren't visible through uh, through the uh, general's human Naked range of, of vision. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it does come up as like a yeah naked eye, which which does come up as like a stick figure. All right. So I mean, that's I mean that's definitely more than I've actually seen of ghosts. I just felt their presences and basically have had one speak in my ear and say thank you but that was about it for me so i hmm. that's hey i respect those who have, have had more experience with them than i have which was it wasn't by chance east coast paranormal was it uh, yeah i had 
I had one of the lady Ghostbusters on my show as one of the first oh. episodes. I Neat. it's not it's not Eleanor Wagner. Oh my god, it's gonna drive me nuts now. <laughs> so I look it up because I know it is, I had it is one El- Eleanor Wagner. Oh, it is her. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's ahead of me. Okay. All right. Yeah. I thought I thought so. She was one of my first guests in this show. Oh, neat. That's very cool. Yeah, she's a good friend of mine. Yeah, I've I've had her and also from New Jersey area, I've had Christina Westervelt of uh East Coast Paranormal. No, I'm not sure I know her. Oh, they're oh they're oh, wow. Um, okay. Well, I mean I'm, I mean I don't expect everybody to know everybody, but they like are said, I'm not in the, the paranormal. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, but I mean if you know Lady Ghostbusters, I could have I mean <laughs> putting put, putting things together here, but <laughs> assuming things I shouldn't assume, but <laughs> all right. Well, unless you got any other experiences or topics you want to talk about, I think that's a show. Well, yeah. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, the show's called In the Shadow of Big Red Eye. If anybody wants to check it out, we're um, filming our sixth season. We're, we're releasing our sixth season now, so that's uh, going out every Sunday. Uh, and I just appreciate having uh, having me on. Oh, it's been my pleasure, and we've had a really fun conversation, and I got to talk Bigfoot with someone who's actually done Bigfoot investigating almost in a way, so it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. <laughs> and for all my listeners, you know you can find me on the Paranormal New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcast group on Facebook. And you could always find me on Parapost on Facebook as well, This where this streams to. And you could find me on Twitter and Instagram as at Bastard. And until next time, I'll thank Mike for coming on and giving us an entertaining show.